Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Duff Differently. I'm Rabbi Utsteyer, and today we are studying Duff Yud Aleph, 11 of the first parak of Tractate Nedarim. Let's go back a little bit to the bottom of page uh, 10b. There we have a new Mishnah that will be the subject of our discussion, and I'm only going to take up a very, very, very small piece of it. The Mishnah talks about the case in which someone makes a nether simply by linking two categories together. The example in the Mishnah is someone less la chulin she'ochal lecha. Okay, chulin is food that is not consecrated and is fit to eat for normal consumption. But the Mishnah then continues saying lo kasher velo dachei Tahor, Tamei, and so on. The Chulin, meaning the Chulin which um, I eat of yours, shall be considered for me as not kosher, not clean, and so on. So, the interesting part here is, is a little piece of the Mishnah that is following. If you look closely, it says, Velo Dachei which is Aramaic for not pure, followed by Tahor, which is pure. So this doesn't make sense. It should say something negative as well, just for, you know, linguistic reasons. It should say Lo Tahor. Alright? Velo Dache, Lo Tahor, Tame, and so on and so on. Okay, so one could say, Oh, it's obvious that in the context that the Tana meant lo tahor, but he said only tahor because tahor is the Hebrew equivalent of dache. So one could say, if one imagines the Tana speaking, this could indeed have been the case. So he was going through the Tana was going through the list of things. So he says, okay, lo kasher velo dache. And realizing that he used an Aramaic term, immediately translating it into Hebrew, saying Tahor, before continuing with his list, Tameh, and so on and so on. That is possible. But here's the thing. I looked in the online database of Talmudic manuscripts and found that there is at least one manuscript in the Vatican Library, EBR 487.1, which has a different version of our Mishnah. And here it reads, Ha'omer lachulin she'ochal lecha lo kasher lo tahor. As you see, it doesn't have the Aramaic lo dache, and it clearly says lo tahor. This manuscript also omits, by the way, the rest of the Mishnah that we have in the version of the Mishnah that is printed in our Gemara in front of us. And the version in the manuscript from the Vatican Library jumps directly into the Gemara after this first paragraph of the Mishnah. 
So we are so used today to the standardized version of the Gemara that looks alike whichever edition we open, that we easily forgot that this version of the Gemara, which is called the Vilna Daf or the Vilna edition, it was printed for the first time in the 1870s in Lithuania. It is based on the pagination of the famous Bamberg edition from from uh, 1520s. But as we can see from our example here, before that there were actually different versions. Not all of it are technically maybe different versions. Sometimes it is simply a matter of a scribal error. But once we started reproducing the Talmud mechanically, meaning by printing, using the same version of the origin, and now that this is exactly what the Vilna edition is. This has become the standard edition. And with that, we have uh, passed on the same questions that we have, like we had right now about the Tahor and the Lotahor. So we see on 11b, where the Gemara takes up the Mishnah in, in Episka, Tahor vetame notar uvigul asur. So one who says Tahor o tame notar o pikul, it is forbidden. The following discussion, whether the object becomes forbidden because of its of this declaration, in the understanding of uh, Rami Bahama, or as Rava comes and teaches a new understanding of the Mishnah through a Tashma, that is by saying notar opigul, that uh, someone becomes forbidden to eat of it. What the discussion doesn't mention, not even with one word, is the peculiar Tahor phrase. Not a word about it. Which I believe supports the assumption that the version of the Mishnah that our Gemara actually discusses was a version similar to the one in the Vatican Library, a version that read Lotahor. And, and hence, then, it was in complete harmony with the rest of the sentence. Because I have a hard time imagining that the rabbis in the Talmud would not have had a field day if they actually seen the Tahor phrase in the Mishnah that we have now today. And that seems to be sticking up like a sore thumb. So I think the, the rabbis of the Talmud at that time, if they would have had exactly the same version that we have, they would have mentioned it in the Gemara. It seems to me that this supports, or I find it likely, let's put it like this, I find it likely that um, the sages in the Talmud that discuss our Gemara we're actually discussing a Mishnah that was very much, or that was similar to the one that uh, is actually in the Vatican Library, and that doesn't have that uh, seemingly uh, contradicting phrase, where it simply says, Lo Dache, and then followed by the Hebrew, Lo Tahor. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.